Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park M-S-W Media. Hey everybody, it's Brad Williams and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Because if you're drinking with us, that means you're drinking with friends. You're not an alcoholic. Call your mom. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with and done. Some British accent. Been working on it. I don't know why I'm working on it. I just am working on a British accent, even though it doesn't really have anything to do with today's show, which is sort of Irish theme. We're, we're celebrating the imminent arrival of St. Patrick's Day. And in, in a few minutes, we're going to be talking to our old pal comedian, Brad Williams. The great Brad Williams will be joining us. Before that, we're going to be talking to Johnny Egan and John Ralph of Egan's Irish Whiskey, because it got to celebrate St. Patrick's Day with some whiskey. Are you thirsty? I hope you're thirsty. Stay thirsty, my friends. That's right. Stay thirsty. You gotta. So if you happen to have any Egan's Irish Whiskey handy, go get it. Invite you to drink along with us on the show, as long as you're not operating a, a vehicle or a plane or heavy machinery or whatever else you shouldn't be doing while you're drinking <laughs> There's probably, that's a long list maybe we should do an episode devote an entire episode one time to things you should not be doing while drinking but not today we're not doing that today we're gonna get right into it because just there's a lot to get to so what are we waiting for are you ready matthew mcconaughey all right all right all right all right i'm ready too joining me now the founders Egan's. I mean, you know I love Egan's. Right? Anybody who listens to this show knows I got favorites. There's brands that I always come back to, that I always uh, make me smile, and Egan's is certainly one of them. And uh, these two gentlemen founded the brand. Please welcome John Ralph and Johnny Egan. Boys, how are you? Very good, very good. Thanks for having us. Great time. Johnny, Johnny Egan, good to see you again. And John Ralph, nice to meet you for the first time. I don't want the listeners to get confused with these accents. So would one of you mind speaking with, say, a French accent? So just we can differentiate. <laughs> Johnny's French is great. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. How is it going, guys? Good to see you. Very good. Very good. No, look, thanks for having us on today. Uh, so it's it's great to finally meet you as well. I mean, as I say, you know, uh, Johnny met you last year and the whole team in Dublin met you. So I've heard lots about you. So it's uh, an honor to get to finally meet you. That's John Ralph, by the way, everybody. Now, Johnny oh, yes, Egan, as Johnny and Egan, yeah. Johnny Egan and I talked about last time he was on the show. Yeah, the, la- the what turned out to be the last trip that I was going to take in a very long while. I didn't know it at the time. I was in Ireland in end of February, early March of 2020. Uh, astute uh, followers of, uh, of uh, viral history may note that something came along shortly thereafter that would preclude me from traveling again for quite some time. So Ireland was my last trip before the pandemic, and I got to spend a lot of time over there with the Egan's team. 
and going all over Dublin. And boy, what a great town. What a great whiskey. And in fact, speaking of that, I don't want to waste any time because you, you, I got some in front of me here, and, and I'm very excited about this. You got the Egan's Irish Whiskey Legacy Reserve 4, which is an 18-year-old single malt. And guys, tell me a little bit about that. I've had the other Legacy, but this one's hot off the presses, right? The Legacy 4? Yeah, literally just landed here in the U.S., I think, about three weeks ago. Um, and it's just it's currently going out being distributed around the US and to total wine. But you know, the, the liquid itself, so we've had the legacy for is something we've been working on for I think we've we we got we we purchased the whiskey back in 2015. And every year for the last uh, sort of five or six years, we've been doing a a release which would finish in a different cast. So we started off with a, just a just straight out of bourbon. And this most recent one is uh, is a Moscatel de Valencia. So it's, uh, it's again, it's got a dessert wine, so it imparts a, a sort of natural sweetness on it. But uh, in following with the last edition, which was Banyols, we've kind of kept that kind of, uh, kept that desserty kind of you know, sweetness coming into it. And this is, this is, it's funny, I think every year I say it, but this year is by far, this, this release, which is the last release of the series, is by far my favorite so far. Um, have you had a chance to taste it yourself? No one, no one ever does that from the brands. I would love someone to come on sometime and go, you know, this one's not, it's not that good. I got to be honest with you. The last couple were great. This one kind of sucks, but let's do it. Anyway. No. Uh, yeah. Well, let me, let me, first off, I want to raise a glass to you guys. Slancha. Cheers. Cheers. And, uh, happy raise a glass to Ireland. Cheers. To Ireland. Cheers. It is St. Patrick's uh, Day. St. Patrick's <laughs> Day next week. And we're going to talk a little bit about that because I want to get, I'm always confused about St. Patrick's Day lore and maybe you guys can clean, uh, clear up some things for me, but let me try this stuff here. Oh. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. It's so good. And what's it's 18 it's an 18 year. Yeah. But yet it's very I don't want to say easy drinking because there's a connotation but it's 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 not the kind of whiskey don't be scared off, you know. There Yeah. When you start getting into the higher age whiskeys, they start to go, oh, "I'm not going to be able to handle this, but this thing is really approachable." Yeah. The balance between the sweetness and the oomph that you get in there that, you know, this is my thing about Irish whiskey. And, and when I talk to people who are not necessarily whiskey drinkers and they say, where do I start? And I mean, this as a compliment. I say Irish whiskey. You know why? Because, because it encompasses sort of all ends of the spectrum with Irish whiskey. But the thing I find across the board with Irish whiskey is that they're very drinkable whiskeys. Whereas you can, Mm -hmm. you can find some scotch that if you took a sip of it, you'll never drink scotch again. You know, it scare the shit out of you. Been there, done that. Yeah, same thing with American whiskeys, man. You know, you get some of these, the high, really super high rye content that, but I really have not had an Irish whiskey that makes me scared. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And this one's just delicious. So tell us a little bit about, what do we got here proof-wise? So this is, it's 92 proofs of 46% alcohol. And we do that because we don't want to chill filter the liquid. And, you know, that's just, that's part of it. It means you retain those flavors from, a lot of the flavors from the cask. So with this, we age it for 18 years in next bourbon casks, and then we're finishing it in a Moscatel de Valencia, which is a which is a Spanish uh, dessert wine. Yeah. And it's just it, you know those dessert wine notes. You know, to your point about you know really balancing the uh, really balancing the whiskey, it just it just works phenomenally well. And so, as I say, we've been we we did Banyols last year. We love the results of that. And that's why we've uh, we've moved into the Moscatel for this year. Which is which is sadly the final final series in it, but a final one in the series. But uh, we think it is. Uh, Wait, th- this is the final of the legacy. Of the legacy, we've got something special coming for next year. Don't worry. Wow, this is it, huh? Now, what what it, what does this go for a bottle? I know there's only it's a thousand cool. bottles available, right? Yeah, like you know, one thing we're we're quite proud of with Egan's is we don't we don't take the piss out of our pricing, right? So this is going for sort of one hundred ninety nine dollars a bottle, um, which for an eighteen year old Irish whiskey, if you look at what's out there at the moment, is is considerable value. Which um, you know, it's it's just that the the world of of Irish whiskey has gotten incredibly more expensive over the last couple of years as more and more people have come into the market. Well, you don't really see a lot of. Uh to old Irish whiskey simply because 18 years ago, the landscape yeah. in the landscape in Ireland with whiskey was a hell of a lot different than it is now. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you had like basically three function, three major functioning distilleries in Ireland outside of that, nothing. So it's uh, you know, now we're, I think we're over 50. 
functioning distilleries. Now, a lot of them are small, very single malt focused, but you have a, a number of major players now with Great Northern, obviously Bushmills, uh, Diageo, um, Pernod, all the big guys are in there now, which is, which is interesting for the category long term. And you are intrepid spirits. Yes. In case I forgot, uh, John is sitting in. Was that a billboard behind you that says intro? Yeah. It is. It's. It was my com. It's my com. It's my uh, COVID facility. That's staying COVID on facility. brand right there, man. Look at you. He's got. He's got a giant. He's like he's on stage. Intrepid spirits behind him. <laughs> yeah. Now, Johnny Egan, talk a little bit about the family history. First of all, uh, are we being? Are we? Are we is this a podcast? Is it? Is the? Are the cameras on? Can people see us? Yeah, well, we're going to, yes, we, we don't run the whole video, but what we do is we do promo. So tell me what part you don't want in the promo, and I'll be sure to put that in there. No, I just wanted to know because my mother always said I had a good face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on, man. You're a good looking lad over there. No, wait, for, by the way, just so everybody knows, we want to keep this authentic, uh, very Irish episode here. I'm, I'm of Irish heritage done. I'm in coming to you from Venice Beach. Uh, Johnny Egan's coming to you from Chicago and John Ralph's coming to you from Newport Beach. <laughs> Solid Irish bastions. Yeah, at least Chicago, mm. you can make some claim that it's okay, but where yeah. we're at, come on. <laughs> a couple of beach bums. Is there a good yeah. beach? Where's a good beach in Ireland? Well, there's plenty of them. Just don't expect the sun to shine too often. That's the problem. You've you know? got good I, surfing. Beautiful. I've seen good that. Surfing, I remember uh, a couple of the surf movies they did. What yeah. was it? Step in the Over Liquid. Sligo. Yeah, right? Yeah. One of the big, uh, if you watch that documentary now, here goes, here's when I go off on the tangent, there's a documentary on HBO about the big wave surfer, uh, Garrett McNamara at Navarra in in Nazare in, uh, Mm. Portugal, you know, the biggest wave in the world. Oh yeah. And one of the guys is an Irish guy and he looks the part, man. He's got the big orange beard and he's at (laughs) right out of central casting, you know, but, uh, (laughs) crazy sons of bitches. Maybe they got to get a little liquid courage uh, after after you get off the wave. This um, is it. So tell us about a little bit of the family. We've, we've talked about it before on the show, Johnny, but just yeah. a little bit about how, you know, Egan's came to be. Sure. Thanks, Don. Thanks so much for having us uh, again this year. Um, so, yeah, so Egan's uh, is, is a, a family business that uh, started off slap bang in the head of the Midlands in Ireland. Um, my great, great, great grandfather, Patrick Egan, the senior we call him, he came out of a, a town called Moat in County Westmead, which was the Queen's County known at the time. And he moved over to Tullamore, County Offaly, uh, in the mid-1800s and set up a business there. Um, he was attracted to Tullamore because uh, of the canal, which was set fairly recent at the time, was connecting the Midlands with Dublin Port, which was the second busiest port in the British Empire at the time. And also the railway line, which was also, uh, I think the Great Great Southern Railway line was probably in the 1840s, I believe. So Tullamore was a good you know, hub uh, for him. And uh, he was uh, a merchant and he would export a lot of his wares up to Dublin and he would import teas, ports, sherries, uh, a lot of exquisite uh, goods from uh, the continent and beyond uh, into Tullamore. And he set up um, the Bridge House, which is still there uh, in Tullamore. And that became the magnet and the central hub for the P&H Egan uh, business, uh, which was then set up in 1892 by his two sons, Patrick and Henry. And uh, we are descended from the Patrick uh, side of the family, Patrick Egan. And um, they, the family went, uh, the business continued for four generations to my grandfather, Patrick Valentine Egan. And uh, they, they, um, they had hotels, they had ironmongers, uh, they had a funeral parlor, uh, but more famously, they were in the brewing and uh, whiskey blending, bonding and bottling business. And uh, the, the uh, obviously, as you, as you know yourself, you're a man who knows a, f- a few things about making spirits and beer. When you're making beer, the, the barley um, malting, et cetera, is, is a big part of that. And so the Egan's were famous for their malted barley and they would bring the uh, malted barley on their barges, their horse-drawn barges from Tullamore up to the big smoke of Dublin. And they would sell them to the likes of 
you may have heard of Arthur Guinness and son, um, John Guinness, Power Guinness. and son, John Jameson's son. You may have heard of that guy. How far is um, Tullamore? How far south is Tullamore from Dublin? It's actually west. west. So if okay. you if you were to to you know imagine Ireland uh, as a dark sport, it's kind of your your bullseye. So well, let's check the inbox. And uh, directionally west. I get it. That's yeah, weird. I get it. It's about eighty. It's about eighty-five miles, isn't it, Johnny? Something like that. Oh yeah, at the, at the most. Yeah, the eighty-five most, yeah. miles. I, I um, and next time I come on a Dan Don uh, podcast, I'll bring my compass with me. But um, the uh, yeah, so so that's kind of what happened, and what they would they would trade the malted barley um for you know uh, barrels of porter from you know, Arthur Guinness, and then LPA strength barrels of, of whiskey from John Power and John Jameson. They would then bring that back down the canal to Dub, to Tullamore, pardon me. And they would then, that would the distribution model would be from Tullamore and the 12 branch offices that Egan's had all around the Midlands. So at the time, you know, <clears throat> it wasn't, uh, they were doing this, the same distribution system at the time. So <clears throat> the companies like Egan's um, would be a great uh, route to market for for um for these companies so so that's 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 um that was the egan foray into 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 um uh into uh beer and, and whiskey uh, our famous most famous whiskey was the egan's number eight and um uh it, the, the business went through two world wars the irish war of independence um and unfortunately in 1960 1968 my grandfather uh, shut down the whiskey operation. It was a voluntary administration job. Um, and uh, uh, seven years ago, um, John Ralph and myself decided that we would uh, raise raise the company back. Get, yeah. it back. Get it back life. going. There's um, actually a funny... There's a funny story of as we were in the middle of doing this, we did a lot of research with the family. We, you know, Johnny, Johnny's, uh, Johnny's uncle um, had a lot of artifacts from, from, from the, from the old days. And we were going through a lot of these old papers and we actually found this one newspaper clipping and in it, I still have it. I actually have it favorited on my phone because I I show this to people. I show it to bartenders, I show it to people I meet because it's just an incredible story. But when there was a headline in the business paper at the time saying Egan's and uh, Egan's and Williams form yes. new joint venture company, Egan's and Williams form new joint venture company. The Williams family, by the way, just so you know, are the DEW of Tullamore Jew. Okay. So this was, uh, and there was a whole new joint venture company. But the craziest thing was on the board of this new company, there was four gentlemen by the name of Williams, three gentlemen by the name of Egan's, and one gentleman by the name of Ralph which is obviously my surname, but this, this is no connection to me. Johnny and I, uh, we met each other 20 years ago, but our families didn't have any historical connection. And so it was just this weird serendipitous moment of, you know, we were coming, bringing this brand back to life and we found this article. And for us, it was kind of like the moment of, well, Jesus, this definitely was meant to be. It was, it was pure serendipity, Dan. It was pure, pure serendipity. And we were there on uh, Peter, my uncle, Peter Egan, John Ralph, myself, we're, you know, we're pouring over these old deeds going back to the late 1700s and 1800s, which he was bequeathing to me because, unfortunately, uh, Uncle Peter was um, um, quite ill at the time. And um, more so than John, is, is, it was also quite weird, um, was there was a stain on the, um, on the cutout. And this is from 1968. And basically, to elaborate more on what John's uh, saying there, Egan's and Williams were forming uh, a joint venture for bottling in Tullamore because there was a bonded warehouse there. And then they did the bot with the bottling plant beside there. But there was like this little stain over W.B. Ralph as if to point it out to us yeah. you know, in case we missed it. Yeah. The Lord Almighty had spoken. <laughs> giving was. you a sign that this thing should happen. And you know, we've, and by the way, I invite everybody to go back a year ago now, uh, Johnny Egan was on the show and he talked a lot more about the family history. Not that I don't want to do that again, but, uh, go back and check that. out. He talks about, and we also talked about the thing that we alluded to earlier, which was Irish whiskey was, was really struggling not that long ago. And now it's, you guys are one of the brands at the, you know, sort of at the forefront of 
so much is happening and it's coming back. And obviously now you're starting to see what you're doing here. Like you, you're, you, the legacy is going to be, you're retiring that you're coming out with something new because now the challenge isn't just how do we bring back Irish whiskey? Now it's like, how do we stay at the top of the heap? Right? Because there's yeah. so many brands now, there's so many brands popping up. Absolutely. No, innovation is absolutely key in what we're, how we're coming to market. And it feeds into the history of the, of the company as well, you know, cause we were, Blenders and bottlers, or bonders and bonders, blenders, bottlers back in the day, right? So we, we never distilled ourselves. So we, you know, you always had to kind of put your own stamp on it. And with the Egan's his history of importing port and sherry and things like that, they were they were finishing whiskey long before it was totally fashionable. But I think that whole idea of being a bonder and a bottler, which is what we're proud of, gives us the ability to innovate. We're not stuck in a kind of, uh, we're not stuck with a straitjacket on. Yeah. I think that's the exciting thing about Irish whiskey. And I think one of the areas we're focused, we're, we're really putting a lot of focus into is the whole single malt category. I think single malt Irish whiskey is is sort of quite underrepresented, underrepresented in Ireland. And I think there's a great, there's a great opportunity for us to really dive into that space and innovate in different cask finishes, et cetera. So that's, yeah, look, it, it's, it's, it is a crowded, crowded, crowded marketplace at the moment. But, you know, there's a few brands that, that really do have the true authenticity that we do have here. You know, we have a guy, Jonathan Egan, on the bottle. Again, when people ask me, what are the Irish whiskeys I should be drinking? Egan's is always one of the top of my list when I say the, it's not the only one. And I, you guys would agree. I'm sure that, you know, but it, but it's one of my favorites. I, the Centenary is such a great whiskey. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit before, because I do have Brad Williams coming up and he and I are going to really get into the whiskey in a different oh. way. Uh, but uh, yeah. what about this conviction 10 year old? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Look- Go on, Johnny. Actually, I think this is your this is your your, your turn to talk. Oh my goodness! I I was in I was back in Ireland, back in Dublin last week, uh, Dan, and uh, went into the um into the office into the intrepid offices, and um, we were just I was I, that was the first time I sampled the conviction juice. Obviously, with COVID, um, it was it's been difficult to get back to Ireland as much as I would have liked, but um, I uh, I have to say I was just attracted this like a bee um to nectar it's it's absolutely delicious it's a it's it's basically the the big brother to the centenary the, the one that you liked yeah so much um and uh we uh we the centenary was was a limited edition release but um just so many people really so many consumers and um distribution partners were were, were enjoyed it so much um that they said listen you need to, you need to give us something something similar so that's where the conviction was drawn out of and um it's Wait, a can i jump back of, real quick you, you keep saying centenary have i been mispronouncing yeah, it am i mispronouncing it the whole time yeah, no because I, I say centenary i i i, I think i think this is the, the atlantic ocean the, I, the difference there is just i'm uh, only a simple <laughs> irish farmer don and i just doing the best i can here you know i, I well i i want to know because I, you hear that all the time it happens in the spirits world. Like people talk about scotch and go, Oh, I love, uh, I love Oban and it's open. Yeah. But I, then I, how do you handle that? You don't want to be a jerk and be like, Hey, you dummy, it's open. So then I'll usually go, Oh, yeah, I love Oban too. And I'll just say it the proper way. Uh-huh. Kind of what Johnny just did to me. He's like, Dan's yeah. mispronouncing it. I'll say and it the right way. Tell me something, Dan. Would you, <laughs> would you correct someone if they said they were drinking an Irish scotch? Yes. I'd be like, that's it doesn't. That's an important discussion to have. Because that happens more oh, often than well, not, man. How about here when they go, what's your favorite bourbon? And they say Jack Daniels. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I got news for you. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. It's not, it's not, it's, Jack, the it's, folks at Jack Daniels would not like that. It's a Tennessee whiskey, but it, close. You can't. Yeah. You can't do the charcoal it's, filter. It's, you can't it's, do it's that. Really all right. Yeah. I was just, I, I want to make, all right. Centenary. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Listen, I, I could be wrong. Maybe we should run a poll after this, Don, and see what the, what the correct. I'm from uh, Philadelphia. We we fuck up yeah. everything you're supposed to say. Yeah. yeah it's like <laughs> we can't even say water. It's water. 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 Some water. Um. All right. So we got the conviction ten. What's the price on this? Uh, I actually don't know. Seventy nine dollars, Johnny. Is this there what happens? Is this what happens, happens when you own the company? I don't know what the fuck it costs. <laughs> um, I I just know it's drinking well, tastes yeah. well, hope it smells well. Little inside, um, little inside baseball for everybody. People people always ask me, "What's your favorite liquor store?" I'm like, publicists. Yes, I don't know. Like, yeah. where, they're like, where do you go to get your shit? I'm like, email. 
Send me this. No. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I'm a jerk. I'm not going to lie to people. Like I get, you know, I'm a, you think I'm going out yeah. and buying? I couldn't buy. I can't buy this legacy reserve for. I'm I'm poor. <laughs> I got to get. You don't have to, Don, because you get gifted new whiskey every week. So. But I will say this to everybody <laughs> listening out there: if you like Irish whiskey and you want to try something truly special, uh, people do ask me this really all the time. What's a great mm. gift for somebody? What's a if you got somebody that loves Irish whiskey in your life, you want to give them something that's profound and meaningful, something they're going to be proud to have behind their bar, any of the legacy, but let's get this new one. It's the last one. It's the last one you're yeah. ever going to be able to it's get. It's a limited release. Yeah. Only, five, yeah. only 500 bottles here in the U.S. 500 bottles, and you can get this for, for 200 bucks. Like, come 200 on. 200 bucks at Total Wine. That's the only the only place in America at the moment that will start has it is, is Total Wine. They bought up the entire allocation, so we are uh, – so yeah, you find us across the across the country. Well, listen, guys, I could talk to you all day, but I, I got Brad Williams here, and, and I there's only so much Irish whiskey that I can drink in one. Se- Egan's. Can I, can I just can I get can I jump in, Don? I'm yeah. so rude. I'm so rude. No, I just go ahead. To say that Egan's conviction. I, I don't know if people see it. We won the uh, we got we won the best in category for blended Irish whiskey, twelve years and younger. It's our biggest award to date for the, the World brand. Whiskey Awards. Just just out of the press last week. Congratulations! Look at this. Shameless plugs all around here. I can't wait to get over to Ireland again and, and hang with the crew over there. I mean, you guys will you'll be hanging in Newport Beach and Chicago, but I'll be in Ireland because I'm uh, <laughs> that slide whistle sound effect you just heard was an indication there was a problem. (laughs) While recording the interview with Johnny and John, the power went out on the entire block here. It was out for a while. The the good news is we were almost done with the interview, and uh, we had to wrap it up anyway. And the even better news is I got another interview right on the other side of this break with Brad Williams. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. What, you don't like my singing voice? Whatever. I don't want to be singing about rum anyway. I'd rather be drinking it. When I'm home alone on my couch dressed up like a pirate, my go-to rum is Batiste. Batiste rum is the first sustainable American craft rum. It's the only known beverage alcohol in the world to have a climate-positive natural production process without the purchase of carbon offsets. Or Cardi B's offset, for that matter. So I love to dance to his music when I'm all rummed up and dressed like a pirate. Batiste rum is made from 100% pure fresh cane juice, not molasses or sugar crystals. If you like your tequila 100% agave, then you'll love your rum 100% cane juice. And right now, if I got a couple of offers for you, dear listener, go to BatisteRum.com. That's B-A-T-I-S-T-E-R-H-U-M.com. Fill up your shopping cart and enter code WWD15 at checkout to get 15% off all your orders. And if you want their delicious reserve rum enter code reserve you get 20 percent off that's cold hard cash batiste rum is my jam make it yours too it's proof that great taste with true sustainability is not a goal for tomorrow but a reality today i had some people over recently and the homemade drinks were a flowing all my guests were like dude these are the best friggin' cocktails i've ever had you're an amazing mixologist and I was like, damn straight I am. What my guest didn't know was I was cheating a little bit. Of course, I used top shelf booze in the drinks, and you gotta do that. But I wasn't juicing the limes or pureeing the prickly pears or grinding up the jalapenos that made my cocktail so great. All I did was order Fresh Victor. Fresh Victor is a line of all-natural, clean-label cocktail mixers that brings the magic of master mixologist into your home with contemporary flavors designed to suit any palate. All of the ingredients are fair trade sourced. There's no artificial anything. The mixers are produced at a 100% solar-powered juicing plant with absolutely no waste. Fresh Victor is here to let you put down the citrus press and get back to the party. Right now, Fresh Victor is offering a juicy deal to my listeners. Simply go to FreshVictor.com and at checkout, enter promo code WWD20 to get 20% off your order. You want to throw a party? Throw a party. And treat yourself and your guests to the very best mixers on the market. And that's Fresh Victor. Joining me now, boy, just one of the funniest people I know. And I know a lot of funny people. A lot of them have been on this show. He's been on this show. 
one of the biggest comedians working today, and I'm excited to have him, my old pal Brad Williams. How are you, Brad? Dan Dunn. I mean, I love you, buddy. And then you have me on the, uh, this is the St. Patrick's Day episode, right? It's one of them. I basically, yeah. I do about four of them during March, but this is one. And yeah. I'm sure you do. And you're like, well, I got to get a dwarf on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> it, just, just, just for the theme, I, I, I've got to have it. And, and this is about the most I will do to celebrate St. Patrick's Day is, is have a drink with you on this podcast is because I don't go out on St. Patrick's Day. It must be traumatic for you, right? I could be Yeah. yeah. I don't go out. That 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 is the most dangerous day of the year to be a dwarf. That that is our version of the purge. All right. So we we just stay in. You posted something recently on social media and I thought it was really cool what you did. I, I guess and this is fucked up to me, man, but I I love how you just kind of let it roll off your back. But people want to fucking pick you up, right? When they take pictures and you said I hate that when people do it but if they're gonna do it i'm gonna get something good out of this right so you you said look i'll take a picture of you you pick me up but you got to donate 500 bucks was it to a veterans charity yeah uh, a great charity called project sanctuary and what they do is they 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 really help when the soldiers come home and they uh they're having trouble reacclimating into civilian life they have uh uh uh, therapy programs they have retreats they have support groups they do a great, a great, great no- number of things for our vets that are having trouble. So my whole thing is uh, hashtag lift Brad, lift soldiers. Um, if you want to take a photo of, with me after the show holding me, if you want to reenact your favorite scene from The Lion King, just and like, and like hold me up, that's fine. Just pay 500 bucks to the charity uh, and, uh, then, and then we're good to go. So like I said, I don't like being picked up. But if I have to be picked up and I can raise some money for some people, uh, it's great. Um, I've only been doing this thing for about two weeks now, and we've already raised over three thousand dollars. So That's I'm going to keep it going. Man. That is amazing. Yeah, I you inspire me. I'm so, one of the things when you know we do the show sometimes, and I actually invited you, but you're not going to be there. Obviously, it's far away. But we're doing the show on March 25th in New York City. And a lot of times when people come out, they, they want to have a drink with me, you know, at the end. They say, yeah. oh, I want to have a, a shot with you or a drink with the imbiber. And so maybe there's maybe and, you know, and I can't do it with everybody because I won't be able to stand up, you know. So, yeah, but maybe maybe I'll just get obscenely drunk in the name of charity. There you ah. go. Ah, which would be a great See? excuse if I were married, Brad. Honey. Yes. I had to do it. It was for you. I had to do it. They were donating $5 a piece to do it. Yeah. (laughs) You're telling me that you don't care about legless orphans from. I'm starting a charity called Put Brad Down. That's going to be the hashtag. For every. I'm going to raise. I'm going to start a GoFundMe to put that guy down. God damn it. No. Um, Yeah. I think that's great, man. And, 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 you know, it's fun that you have a sense of humor about it. Now, Dude, I follow you on on the social media, and I I, I just love I love watching your clips. You, I just you're so funny, man. Like, and you just have you Thanks. you got this energy that's so fantastic. What do you got going on now? Besides, you're a road warrior, you're always out. But what else you got yeah. going? Well, uh, I'm doing something that has never been done before by a stand up comedian, and uh, that is. Starting in May, May 12th to be exact, uh, until August 18th, I am headlining and hosting and doing stand-up in a brand new uh, Cirque du Soleil show in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, It's at the New York, New York Hotel and Casino. It's called Mad Apple. It's a a Cirque du Soleil show. It's a variety show. And I'm going to do a three-month run. I'm doing doing stand-up in it. And, uh, but it, but it's a variety show. So there's going to be a lot of performers, going to be magicians. There's going to be your Cirque du Soleil, uh, acrobatics. There's a, there's another comedian who is absolutely incredible, who, uh, who does a comedic freestyle rap, like the, like the audience yells out four four things and he'll do like a seven minute freestyle rap and incorporate all four of the things and do jokes about them. It's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. What's the name of the show? It's called Mad Apple. It's a new Cirque du Soleil show that's launching at the New York, New York Hotel Casino. 
uh, in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. So if you're going to come out to Vegas for the summer and you're, and you're looking for something exciting to do, uh, Cirque du Soleil shows are always crazy. Um, but now this one's going to be a little bit crazier. So are you, so are you moving to Vegas for this residency? Yeah, I'm going to be there for three, for four months, for four, for four months. Bringing the family and everything. Yep, yep, yep. Bringing the dog, bringing the baby, bringing the wife, bringing everybody. That is amazing. I can't do it. Well, first off, you know I'm going to be there. Uh, yes. That I, I'm, I'm so down to come to this. And you're not going to be doing, you're just doing comedy. You're not going to be doing flips or anything like that, right? I, mean, I don't know. They, show, they showed me this thing called the Wheel of Death. And uh, I, I, I don't really like to do something that's called the Wheel of Death, but it looked very tempting. I don't know if they're going to try to shoot me out of a cannon. I don't want to do that. Uh, I, I just want to do stand up, but they're, 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 they're trying to get me into a few other things. So all I can say is come to the show and find out what, what I end up doing. Maybe if I have enough of this Irish whiskey that we're drinking today, uh, I'll be brave enough to do some of the Cirque du Soleil, uh, acrobatic stuff. Well, I had some of that earlier with, with Johnny Egan and John Ralph who founded Egan's Irish Risky. So you, you have the legacy for with you right now. Cause I do want to get, here's the thing about Brad. Uh, we met and we've had whiskey before and you're, you know, your stuff, man. Like you, I consider you a, a bit of a whiskey pro. So I am very curious to get your thoughts. You know, I got the brand guys talking about it and they're never going to say yeah. this fucking sucks. They're not going to say that. And th- I know sure. it doesn't suck. I've been over there to Egan's, but I really want to, you know, I really want to know what your opinion is because this is a to me it's a world class whiskey. But let's get the let's get Brad Williams' take on the Legacy Four. Good, uh, I'm excited, man. Um, th- this past weekend, I was actually in Houston uh, at the Houston Improv, and there's an Irish bar literally right next to the Houston Improv, and I went there, and thankfully the guy who owns it was a fan, and he came, and he came over, gave me an Irish flight. Uh, had uh, had some red breast, had some sure. uh, Jameson black cask, yeah, and uh, I, I forgot what the third one was, but uh, he got me really in the mood and really and really excited for this podcast to do with you doing Irish whiskey. And man, I'll tell you, hearing an Irish guy break down whiskey, first of all, I I, I love the accent when he did it. <laughs> he was he was just talking to you like this. And one thing I one thing I found out is how they say their teas a little bit differently, like they just so maybe that's like Northern Ireland. Someone said, but uh, to have an Irish guy actually talk to you about whiskey while you're drinking whiskey was kind of I don't want to say a religious experience, but definitely a bucket list item. I just had it twen- ten minutes ago with Johnny and John. Yeah. Uh, all right. So did you try it? it Give your Cheers. So to what? You. So what? So what? So what is this one for? So, so what is this first one? Are we doing the the legacy? legacy the legacy four is part of a, a a range they were doing. Now there's only two hundred bottles uh, available of this, and I only think about a hundred in the United States. But what's crazy is Ooh. they're not gouging on the price. It's only one hundred ninety nine dollars a bottle, which is for something that's that limited is pretty amazing to get it at that price point. But it's a uh, as Johnny Egan talked about a little bit earlier on the show, I mean, it's just one of their higher end expressions. I believe it's 18 years. It's been aged. Yep. Say that on, yeah. And, uh, I really want to know what you think of it. 18 year single malt. And, uh, yeah, they, they sent, they didn't send me the full bottle, but I'm totally, no, fine no, that. I didn't get, rare. I didn't get the full bottle. I don't think they can do that since there's only a hundred available. Uh, they got to yeah. make some money on it, but, uh, so, yeah, they sent they they sent me a little Brad Williams dwarf size tester. I called and complained when they sent it to me. They sent me and I said, "What the fuck is this? This was meant for Brad, right? The little bottle." And they're like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> All right, let's let's hear it, man. I want to uh, let's pretend we're gonna we're gonna because I've been doing this for a long time. So you are now at a whiskey tasting, and mm-hmm. there's a whole crowd and they're waiting with bated breath for Brad Williams, whiskey expert, to give his evaluation. Of the whiskey, go. All right. What does what does a real life leprechaun think about the Irish whiskey? <laughs> let's see what it is. All right. Let's see here. Okay. First of all, it smells great. It smell. It, you you could tell that um, it's definitely. I I would say just from smell, it might be a little on the 
So it's a little smoky. Let's go for the taste. Oh, that's good. Oh, oh, that's smooth. <laughs> Brad's that, got his eyes closed. His his head oh. just rolled back. <laughs> oh, Did you man. just? It looks like you're floating on a cloud for a second there. I mean, oh man, there there's a there's there's a guy. I, I watched a documentary on Scotch, and uh, the, uh, it's one of the master distillers on Isla. He was talking, and he, and, and he said that like good whiskey is just like a warm hug. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I would describe this. Well, and that's the thing. And we, I talked about this earlier with the guys, the difference I think with scotch versus Irish whiskey, and, and we love scotch, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Is that Irish whiskey to me of all the regions of the world that are producing a lot of whiskey, it's got the most approachable flavor profile. I, I don't, you'll be hard pressed to find an Irish whiskey that is difficult for the average person to consume. Whereas with scotch, that's not always the case. There are some yeah. beasts. There are literally scotches called the beast that yeah. will kick the shit out of you. And if you don't, if you're not ready to drink, if you don't have that kind of palate, you might yeah. go, ah, I never want to try this again. And you don't get that with Irish whiskey. Yeah. Um, at dinner last night, my wife had a scotch that was, uh, they, they said in cigar cask. I don't know what that means. Cigar cask, but man, it was smoky as all hell. And my, and my wife who loves a good, strong scotch. Was this the Dalmore? You talking about the Dalmore? Yes. Yeah. They do a cigar finished, uh, whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we had that. And, uh, my, my wife who loves a strong one, she had to, uh, uh, she had to wait until the one rock kind of melted a little bit, uh, watered it down a little bit, but yeah, this, uh, legacy reserve at, oh man, that is smooth. How do you take your whiskey normally? Uh, I usually take it with, uh, one rock and then maybe a splash of water, but this, uh, you, I wouldn't need that. I, I can take this neat. And it and it's absolutely fine. It it's great. It, it's smooth. Uh, it doesn't have that kick in the teeth bite. It's not going to make you wince. It's not. It's not going to make you go and try to like put and try to like push through it. It it just goes down easy. And I could see just sitting in a bar with three with three or four friends having this and just having some good laughs. <laughs> sure. And th- have you played Ireland before? I have not played Ireland. It's one. I want to do it so bad. Uh, I, I, and, and this is where my geography is going to go really wrong. But out is Edinburgh in Scotland or Ireland? Scotland. Yeah. Ah, well then, <laughs> well then I, well then I won't say that I want to play the Edinburgh Festival in Ireland because it's not there. It's close. I mean, you can get yeah, from yeah, Scotland yeah. to Ireland fairly easily. I don't know. Like, but then I, I'm, I kind of worry about if I do. Ireland is that going to be like when I go out on St. Patrick's Day, but just twenty four seven over there? Like, I don't is it just think so, be, man. I mean, is it just going to be people getting drunk, seeing me, and going, "He knows where it is," and then just like <laughs> just like me down the street? <laughs> I don't, I don't so. want that. I, I feel like your your brand of humor, your your comedic sensibilities are sort of aligned with the Irish. I think uh, I think they really love you over there. But it would be cool just because. I know you've become friendly with our, our, we have a mutual friend, Rob Dietrich, who makes blackened whiskey here yes. in, in the United States. Have you done much distillery tours? Have I, you gotten into that at all? Uh, I'm scheduled to do one uh, later this year. I'm booked in Lexington, Kentucky. And when I'm booked there, I basically just took it so I can do a bourbon trail. You're going to do the bourbon trail. There is a thing called the bourbon trail. You're going to do yeah. that? Yeah. So we're going to go and we're going to do that. And uh, mostly I want to stop by the Buffalo Trace Distillery. That's one where I, oh, that's God, one where I really yeah. want to go. They got, they, they got some solid whiskeys that I'm a big fan of. And, uh, but yeah, you mentioned Rob. Uh, Rob actually took me to the Metallica 40th anniversary show in San Francisco. And uh, it, it's weird. Rob, he he and I will go to Metallica, we'll drink, we'll metal, we'll party. And then when I was in Denver, he took me to the he took me to the Van Gogh exhibit where you're just like <laughs> sitting and it's all around and it's 
good and it's nice music. I mean, we, I mean, we still had a beverage. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it's weird. Rob, who's a who's a who, who's this master distiller? Man, he 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 is. He's got range. He's a he's a renaissance man, you know. Yeah, I, I I gotta tell you, if you are a whiskey drinker, and and obviously Brad is, and I am, do yourself a favor and go to some distilleries and check because it gives you a whole a, such a far greater appreciation for what it is that's in your glass because then you understand where it's all coming from. You know, I, I hate to use it from farm to table, but you know, in this case, from 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 the land to the bottle, knowing. What goes into distillation and fermentation and and what they have to do with the barrels and and everything that goes into this thing that winds up in your glass I, what you won't look at you won't taste it the same way again once you've experienced that absolutely not one thing that I've said when I hear our friend Rob talk about whiskey and how he makes it and how he blends it and how he ages it and all of that. I, I always say, man, thank God they only charge us like 40 bucks for a good bottle. Like when you hear the whole process, you're like, you guys could be charging like $800 for this by all that you do and all that goes into it, and the aging process and everything and finishing it and collecting the barrels and sometimes burning the barrels then you then using the burnt part or exposing. It's just madness. And you also wonder how the hell did they ever discover whiskey in the first place? And then that they could do all this stuff to it. And have it be, and have it be so good. Be a lot, lots of people that are a lot smarter than us, I guess. Yeah, it's when again when I when the guys told me earlier that this Legacy Four was only two hundred dollars a bottle, I couldn't believe it because, frankly, they could probably get four times that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. A- ask anyone who's resold a bottle of Pappy if uh, if if scarcity matters with the price, it does. We- and Whiskey nerds love having that bottle. They love having that bottle of that something that they know no one else has. When you uh, when you perform, do you ever do you have a, a nip of whiskey before you get on stage? Or hell yes, hell yes. Now, but Dan, I'm telling you, man. After being on your podcast the first time, I become kind of a whiskey snob. Like I go to most <laughs> of the comedy clubs, and I'm like, all right, what you got for whiskey? And they're like, cool, we got a Maker's Mark. And Maker's Mark used to be my go-to, like that. It's used a to be, it's a great whiskey, but it but a, there's a lot more out there, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And in terms in terms of top shelf stuff and higher end stuff, uh, I would say Maker's Mark. That's a fantastic base. Where if like if you don't know what to get, get Maker's Mark. It's always good. But now I'm like, all right, well, what else you got? And they're like, what, what do you mean, what else? We got Maker's. It's great. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm looking for some. I'm looking for something with a story behind it. <laughs> Have you become the guy like me when they say when you say I want a bourbon and they say and they pull out a bottle of Jack? You're like, hey, what are you doing there? Oh, that's not I'll bourbon. That is not bourbon. Now, don't I'll get me wrong. You. I love Jack Daniels. It, it is sure. one of the most iconic uh, brands that exists uh, in the world. But I can't tell you how there it is. He's holding up a bottle right now. I can't tell you how many I, times I, I'm holding up a bottle. It's half drunk from my bar. So yes, I'm a big fan of Jack, but if I say give me a bourbon and you give me a Jack Daniels, uh, it, that I mean I I don't know what it, that'd be like. I would love a sexy woman, and you go cool. Here's a drag queen. It's like yeah, eh. yeah there's some of well the, the guys brought it up earlier. They said a lot of guys, you know, they'll hear people all the time that'll say oh, I love Irish Scotch. What? There's no such thing. It's two different countries, you know, Jesus Christ, you know, everybody understands this, right? There's a rule there. There's there's a lot of rules around whiskey, but one of the most basic ones is if it's called scotch legally, it has to be made in Scotland. That's simple. Bourbon has to be made in the United States. It does not have to be made in Kentucky. A lot of people think that it does not, it can be made anywhere but it is a distinct product of the United States that was established by an act in 1964. But there, it's simple. So tequila has to be made yeah. in Mexico. You can you can make something that tastes exactly like tequila and is made the same way, but you can't call it tequila. You can't call it tequila. I would imagine, and it's like that too with the champagne, right? Champagne has to be in France. If not, it's just sparkling white wine. Sparkling wine is the category, and okay. then to be called. Champagne, although 
people fuss with that a little bit, man. There are a lot, you know, I've had people, I've had bottles that say champagne that have been made in California. Ah. It just depends on how litigious the folks in France want to get over it, you know, but uh, yeah. technically they have the right to be made in order to be legally called champagne. It's got to be produced in the, in that region of, of France. Yeah. Champagne I, region. I think, I, I think that's how it should be. It, it gives an authenticity to it. It, it, it gives something where you know that I know that uh, this bottle that I got from Egan's, I think their uh, master distiller is fourth generation. Yeah. Am I wrong? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Fourth generation. Like that's, that's the stuff you want. You want the, you want the guy who's, whose family has been in it for years. He's, he, he's been drinking since he was six. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like it, it, they birthed him and he was birthed in a, uh, in a fermentation tank. Yeah. He came out. It, yeah. Yeah. The the afterbirth was immediately put into a barrel, aged ten years, and then he drank it on his tenth birthday. That's what I want in my master distiller. That Someone is it. Around it whole life. I think it's interesting that you mention makers because Dave Pickerel, who was yep. the guy responsible for Blackened, was mm-hmm. at Makers for a very long time. So maybe psychologically, you made that connection between. Blacken, which I know you love, and then Makers, yeah. that both have Dave's fingerprints on them. And then uh, Rob, of course, was at Stranahan's, which is another fantastic whiskey out of Colorado. Yes. I just got my first bottle of Stranahan's, and I'm really excited. Is it one that he made, or it's one of the newer ex- newer ones? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, he's been gone I, for years, but if you, yeah, I don't so know if I'm he pre- gave you one, but yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's it's one of the newer bottles. A friend of mine sent it to me when he heard that I got the when I when I heard he got the Vegas show. Uh, sent me the bottle of Stranahan's because he lives in Denver, and so now I have I, I have a whole section of my bar that's like Colorado Mountain whiskeys. It's okay. it, it's it's all it, it's like my Coors Light section where it's like three <laughs> like three different whiskeys that have all been made just with the Rocky Mountain water, and uh, yeah, difference. They're, they're delightful. I want to ask you this, Brad, because I, I just had uh, last week we had uh, Joe DeRosa, your friend Joe DeRosa, comedian, yeah, comedian, professional curmudgeon. Joe and I, Joe and I duked it out a little bit on that episode, but he gave me his sort of Mount Rushmore of comedians, the ones, Ooh. the most influential comedians of all time. Ooh. I don't want to tell you who was on his okay. will, but let me get yours first. I'm talking yeah, not, ju- not right. just the funniest but the most important to your profession. Okay. I got that. Uh, My Mount Rushmore is Carlin, Pryor, Bruce, and uh, Joan Rivers. Wow, dude, that is crazy. That is, so he, he added a couple, but Joan was it. They were all in there. The one that he added, well, two that he added, and I I thought he must've misheard me and said, what's the most problematic Rushmore was Cosby. And look, <laughs> despite everything Cosby did, he was a titan of comedy, right? Hold on. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. All right. See it. What 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 am I holding up right now? Bill Cosby <laughs> live at Madison Square Garden. On vinyl. On vinyl. So- In unbelievable. I mean, so yeah, there weren't a lot of comedians playing Madison Square. Steve Martin would have been one of those. But yeah. so he had the other one that he had on that you didn't mention was Woody Allen. Ah, what? Well, yeah, you're right. It was the problematic outrush. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> but you're, yeah, you're yeah. smart enough to stay away from this Joe. Yeah. Really? Well, but then, but then at the same time, what you told me was Mount Rushmore. See, I have a problem when it, it, it's like when people go like, Oh, I love scotch from Ireland. It's like, well, no, that's impossible. When you say who's on your Mount Rushmore to me, that's four. Because you have four faces on Mount Rushmore. So people go, well, my Mount Rushmore, it'd be Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, George, George Carlin, Lenny Bruce. It's like, no, stop. You get four. That's all you get. That's all you get. You can't, you, you, you can't do this thing where you're like, yeah, but there's these two that are also really good. Doesn't matter. You get four. What so about me, what about four that are working now, that are currently ooh, working? Four, well, in, in terms that are... Same guidelines where it's like you're, funny, but also um, you get um, to go to a show. Let's do it this way: you're going to your ultimate comedy show. There's going to be four comedians on the bill. Who are the four you want to see? 
Well, okay, so this is me personally then. You personally. Okay. Because there's like, oh, who do you think is like the most profound today? Fuck everybody as, else's opinion. Who do you want to see? If you're going out. Who's your opener? Oh, oh God, who opens? Um, I'd have to say Daniel Sloss opens. Daniel Sloss. And we're doing Irish whiskey. He's not Irish. He's Scottish. But uh, his stuff is so... He is the master of of doing a like just funny 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 and then just a gut punch statement of either reality or a belief of his or something that just makes you stop and go holy shit and then you're like there's no way he's gonna dig himself out of this hole and then he does who's up next on the bill oh man i'd say i'll say jim jeffries oh very funny. I love yeah. I and but see, one of these things that I'm doing is I mean, A, Jim and Daniel are really funny. They're just really funny. But also my type of humor, because I because I'm a comedian and because I'm going to shows and seeing jokes all the time, I gotta find guys and girls that are like so inventive, so like they're 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 doing not your typical stuff. And you know, I don't want to hear about what's the deal with airline food like that joke might that joke might work with an audience that's fine with the with your typical audience but i've seen everybody so like i'm going for people that are really original really just crazy good takes so yeah sloth jeffries uh i'll say bill burr okay i've literally never i've literally never had a i've never seen bill burr do a set that didn't either kill or made me think or both and then uh, closing out my personal Mount Rushmore show of modern working comedians, I got I got to go. Chappelle, okay. I have I have. Chappelle is funny. Chappelle is a philosopher. Even in the times where you're not necessarily laughing at Chappelle, you are thinking, you are intrigued. He's gonna say something that even if it bothers you, you 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 have to stand back and go, yeah, he's got a point there. Like yeah. and. and and you never know. He's obviously not going to play it safe, and he's 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 truly going to be honest and truly going to say some shit that he believes in. So yeah, there you go. That's my personal modern Mount Rushmore. I would love I would love to be at that show. Let me be honest. Yeah, no, no, a comedian that gets left out, and, and Joe didn't mention you. one of my favorites, Ricky Gervais. Really, I love Ricky I, Gervais because I love Ricky. He does uh, obviously whenever he hosts a award show that is must see TV because the man will not suck up to anyone in Hollywood. This is the guy that told an entire room of rich Hollywood elites, "Shut up about your political causes." If ISIS started a streaming network, You'd you would set all up call a meeting. your you all well, call your agent. That was at the Golden Globes, and the other thing that he did too, which was incredible, was. You know, Apple had just gotten up and going in the game, and Apple's a major player now in the TV streaming game. And Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, was at the Golden Globes, and he called him out. And you know, he's like, "Oh, Apple, what a great guy!" He goes uh, something about you know hiring little children to make their products because they got the tiny little fingers and they can make them. Yeah. And it was so uncomfortable. But people use words like fearless and stuff. That is fearless because you're basically saying "fuck you." To the right entire to power structure of Hollywood, right yep. in front of all of them. And, and see, see, that's the kind of stuff I like at those award shows because they're so bland. It's all about topics that even if the movie's not good, it's like, well, we have to nominate this film because of the topic and the bravery and everything. And then people go on stage and they say stuff like that where, oh, this actor's performance is so brave, brave, brave. And it's like, I don't know. I've been watching some of the videos out of Ukraine. I don't think you're ever allowed to, <laughs> exactly. to, to, to say that a, 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 an actor's performance was brave. I, I posted a video on my Twitter of a, of a Ukrainian picking up a live landmine, taking it out of the road, so, and then disposing of the li live landmine. He's walking with it. It's not a soldier. It's a civilian. Just picking up a live landmine. The best part about the video, dude, smoking a heater the entire time. <laughs> he's smoking 
as he's taking the landmine off and he puts it by the side of the road so it's not going to blow up any civilians. And then that's that's insane bravery. That's that's bravery. That's courage. Going up there and gaining 20 pounds for a role when you have a nutritionist and a personal trainer and, and millions of dollars. Fuck you. That's not brave. I, I never want any actor's performance to be described as brave anymore. By the way, did they send you the other, uh, this, the, the centenary? Although, as, as Johnny Egan says, centenary. Oh, the conviction. That's it. Did you yeah, try they, that one they, yet? I, you, you get in. You, you, look, he's got this thing already. He's chugging it from the bottle. No. I did not. Try that one, too. That's the conviction 10, Egan's. Oh, I love that. There sound. we go. Oh, that's a great sound. Ooh, here we good are. smell. Here we are. We're back at the whiskey tasting. Brad, yep. Brad Williams, one of the world's preeminent experts in whiskey. Oh, uh, God, I hope that gets around. It'd be great. Here he is. All right. This is the, this is the conviction. Uh, Egan's conviction, age 10 years. The crowd holds their breath as he noses it. Oh, and then he, there he goes. It's going in. Ooh. It starts off with certainly more bite than the Legacy Reserve. But then it has a really smooth finish. And I hate saying this because you're going to do this edit where it's going to make me sound weird. But it's got it, it's got like a nutty flavor. Like it tastes nutty. Oh, I can't, I can't wait to edit the shit out of this. <laughs> just say nutty one more time. Yeah, it, it just feels like 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 a nut flavor in my mouth. Like it's just a nut flavor, like in the back of my throat. Are you also getting a little tea bag in there too? A little tea bag yeah, with the nuts, yeah, like, nutty yeah. and tea bag. Yeah, starts off a little, a little more taint bite. sweat, little taint sweat going on. Mm-hmm. By mm-hmm. the way, uh, taint sweat playing Coachella next year. Great man. <laughs> you are so right. By the way, this is that video is absolutely happening. Just so everybody knows. <laughs> Go to at the imbiber and, and we'll get this the video one more time. You're getting a little nut. You're getting like nuts in your mouth. Yeah, I, I, I'm 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 getting a strong like a flavor that I've definitely not tasted since college of a nut in my mouth. That 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 that's what I'm getting. <laughs> don't don't show that to Egan's. Now they're gonna think that I'm describing their. They're wonderful whiskey. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Brad Williams says that whiskey is like getting nutted in his mouth. All yep. right, there we go. All right. uh, on that note, uh, everybody, this is exciting news. Brad Williams will be doing a residency in Vegas starting May 13th in the Cirque du Soleil show. I, I just can't wait for this, man. At the New York, New yeah. York Hotel and Casino, four months, you said, right? Starting in May? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be there for four months. It's called Mad Apple. Um, normally, if you go to Vegas, uh, you have to go to like a bunch of different shows. You got to go see a, a magic show. You got to see a Cirque show with acrobatics. You got to go see a stand-up comedy show. You got to go see a live band somewhere. That's four different shows. Or you can just go to Mad Apple, and all those four things are in the same show. Um, I've been on the stage. They're doing some insane things on this stage that I... Like I've been in productions, I've been in, I've watched a lot of theater, watched a bunch of Cirque shows. They're doing something at the end of this thing that it, it's just going to blow you away. But uh, one thing, this one thing that I can say about the stage, and you'll and you'll like this, Dan Dunn, is before the show starts, there's this huge bar in the middle of the stage that so you can go up, get a drink. There's there's magicians going around. They're going to do close-up magic right in front of you, blow your mind. And then you sit down, the show starts, and the bar turns into the stage, and then the show starts. Wow. It's, good. it's crazy, man. It, it's, I'm so happy to be doing this. And, and uh, Cirque told me that they've never had a stand-up comic on any of their shows before. So this is the first time they're doing it, and that's what intrigued me. Well, you heard it. Brad, Brad said it earlier. It's going to blow you away. By the way, can you do me a favor? Can you just say very slowly, not for any reason, can you say blow you? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, you want to emphasize how good the show is going to be and that, and that the show will blow you away. 
Don't even think that I'm going to use that in the nut in the mouth video, putting them together. Don't even think that, Brad. I would never oh, do that. Why would you? I would never do You're that. You're a friend. You. You're my buddy. I would never do it. Everybody, Brad Williams, we're, we're all going to Vegas, obviously. And Brad, uh, thank you for being on, man. It's always great to talk to you, my friend, and and for getting your your expert evaluation of these whiskeys. Because I know, you know, you can have the Egan guys on, and we know what they're going to say. But yeah, I think everybody out there appreciates your learned yeah. opinion on these whiskeys. Yeah, if you want, uh, if you are lacking an Irish whiskey in your bar, and you don't want to do just a Jameson or a proper number 12 or anything like that, that everyone kind of knows about. Yeah. Go for the Egan's. It's going to be authentic. It's good. It's going to be good. And you're going to look like a whiskey connoisseur. You're going to, you're going to look like, you know what you're doing and you know what you're talking about. If you have one of these bottles in your bar. So I would highly recommend it. Look at that on that. What else is there to say? Brad Williams, everybody. Thank you for joining me, man. Thanks, Dan. Patty O'Brien. Ex-Irish assassin. His trademark, a superstitious man. He leaves a tiny keepsake from his good luck bracelet on every victim he kills. Scotland Yard would love to get their hands on that piece of evidence. Yeah, they're always after me, lucky charms. (laughs) What? Why does everyone always laugh when I say that? They are after me, lucky charms. (laughs) What? And that's going to do it for this episode of What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. I want to thank you, as always, for spending time with me. I know you got a lot of options out there, and every day there's like a thousand new podcasts. Every single day, a thousand new podcasts launch. So I can't tell you how grateful I am to you and your support. Follow me at the Imbiber. Twitter and Instagram at WWD underscore podcast on Instagram. That's the podcast Instagram. Take us out, will you? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park